0: Back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. The show name is a reference to how many great Astros' last name begin with the letter B, who were playing back in the 90s when they were not winning World Series. Bagwell, Biggio, Barry, Bell, and eventually Bergman. You might not remember Barry and Bell, but trust me, you'll remember Blank and Brenham. Here they are now, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios.
1: Uh, 0202 says, I agree with Kevin. (laughs) Kevin was the no-show on the call board. Uh, 713-780-3776. 1185, I don't think after two weeks you can say the Texans got it right, but so far, Stroud looks good. Look, I don't think you can say the Texans got it right until 2027. Like I I feel like you have to play out the rookie contract of Stroud, Anderson, and then also the Houston Texans 2023 win-loss record. Again, unfortunately, have to bring it up, is a heavy part of this
2: conversation. I'm just like you. Now I'm apprehensive because I know that listeners don't want to hear this. But in order to say, did you get it right? You can look at how those two players look. But if the rest of the team looks like it's looked in the first two weeks of the season and you're staring at Caleb Williams if you had kept your pick, or Marvin Harrison Jr., or a top three pick, if you just want to go to that route, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot of people that are going to feel a little bit different. There's a,
1: I don't know if I want to call it a 50-50 shot, but there is a decent shot that instead of Will Anderson, you could have had Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, Marvin Harrison Jr., like, could you imagine Jameer Gibbs behind C.J. Stroud throwing the football to Marvin Harrison Jr. and Sam LaPorte as your tight end? Like, that, that's a realistic scenario. Jameer Gibbs went 12. You traded 12. Uh, Sam LaPorte, I think, went 34-35. You traded 33. And then depending where your draft pick's at next year, that could be the opportunity cost of Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, yeah. and, I, and I don't think the Texans were going to draft Jameer Gibbs. They have Damian Pierce. Nick Castillo doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to draft the first-round running back. But that could be the what-if scenario. He, he
2: Gibbs one higher than people thought, though, right? He Gibbs, went-
1: well... It
2: depends on Detroit took him and it was kind of an eye opener that everybody what, you want to run it went you went a running at that
1: high? Yeah. I mean they twelve was probably a bit higher than they thought, but I saw mocked like bottom half of the like, the teens. Like, I saw them, like, yeah. 17, no, 18. No, no, for sure. Like, 12 yep. was a bit high. Remember, they traded down and then traded mm-hmm. back up. Like, they clearly wanted Jameer Gibbs. But, I mean, they, that's, a, that's a realistic scenario. Not that the Texans would have drafted him. But we could be playing the what-if game in a year where the Texans could have had Jameer, Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, Marvin Harrison Jr. That's not, like, that's not hyperbolic. That is the truth.
2: You you could have also had, depending on what you wanted to do, you could have had Stroud, you could have had Lucas Van Ness, and you could have had a tight end that had, slid. That's probably the more
1: likely scenario. Yeah. Lucas and, and, Van Ness was probably the more likely scenario if you think don't about trade up.
2: all the tight ends slid that they thought were going to be kind of borderline late teens, yep. early 20s, and you could have gotten one of the tight ends. You know that whether you sign Dalton Schultz or not, you need a long-term tight end. Yeah, and look. Maybe the Texans
1: win seven games, you draft 10th, and you don't have this conversation ever again. Quite frankly, I'm rooting for that because I'm sick of it.
3: I, th- I <laughs> still think no matter how this season plays out, that in the long term, we will question Nick Casario more about 2022 draft than 2023. That passing on Jordan Davis... And taking Kenyon Green. It's a bigger one. It's gonna be or Kyle Hamilton and taking Kenyon Green. I think we're okay with the
1: Hamilton thing though, because of Petrie. Like because he found Petrie the second, Kyle Hamilton's forgotten.
3: That's totally fair, but I, I think long term, like we are going to criticize, and rightfully so, the selection of Kenyon Green and not taking someone else over giving up the draft capital and getting I think is going to be two franchise players. It kind of depends on the win-loss record, though, right? It does, but like I think, I still think long-term that the Kenyon Green pick is going to be his most unforgivable. It will go down yeah. as like the worst decisions he's probably ever
1: made. I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that at all. And the, like what what really stings on that one too is I love Jordan Davis. Coming at it because because of his size, like he was so big, he's such an athlete. I love Jordan play- Davis. I wanted Jordan Davis with that pick.
3: You can play the game the other way too. Imagine Will Anderson and Jordan Davis. I know. Like think about how good the interior run game, mm. the disaster it was in week two. You mm. know it's better than that.
1: It sounds sexy. Like
3: it just it would have been so much better than Kenyon Green. I was I start I downloaded Madden finally. He's like a sixty-seven overall. They think he stinks. Really?
1: Well, because he does. He'll get the upgrade a little bit, maybe. Juice
3: Scruggs was rated higher than Kenyon Green.
1: How was Jared Patterson ranking? Because he stinks. It's
3: really low. Seven
1: one three two. Joe Blank. Joe Blank. He says Joe Blank of oh, the Killer Bees. This is hilarious because it's wrong on all fronts. Uh Joe Blank of the Killer Bees. You wanted Will Levis. Quarterbacking the Houston Texans, how is that working out for the Tennessee Titans? He is holding a clipboard. Levis could not even beat out Tennessee Titans 2022 draft pick Malik Willis. You did not want CJ Stroud in the first place, Joe Blank. I you love had doubts text. because you did not want a black man quarterbacking the Houston Texans.
0: Wow! What? Well, first
1: off, seven one three two. It was. Jeremy Branham of the Killer Bees who wanted Will Levis. <laughs> I will admit that. It's
3: Joel Blank. It's I have Joe Joel Blank. and Joe George.
1: <laughs> yeah, Joe, Joe is uh, Joe George. Blank is Joel Blank. Uh, yeah, I was on the Will Levis train. Uh, we don't know how that's going to play out yet. Will Levis has never played a snap yet in the NFL. There's been rookie quarterbacks who don't play their rookie year that turn out to be pretty good. We'll wait and see with Will Levis. Now, he did slide into the second round, which no one saw coming. So, hey, I don't have the scoreboard on that right now. Maybe I never will. Uh, even if you didn't want CJ Stroud then though like you're not allowed to change your opinion in sports like because you had questions about CJ Stroud and CJ Stroud has answered those questions you're now a racist like I'm I'm honestly I'm sick of that like I'm sick of the throwing out the racism of like you're not allowed to criticize anybody of of color and if you do, you're immediately that's racist. Ridiculous. Like, I, I'm tired of like, I think that's just as racist as being a racist because now you're throwing a. because that that is a, that's a huge issue. If someone's a racist, that's a big problem. So that's an accusation that is a major accusation. So if you're haphazardly throwing out the word racist at somebody because you disagree with their opinion,
2: that's bad on you, brother. You're, you're absolutely right, because there's no place for it in a discussion about sports. We differ on opinions daily. You and I do it. Sometimes we get extremely into it, and sometimes we do it because of the fact that we just don't wholeheartedly believe in the other person's opinion. But that's why we're all here doing what we do. It's not life and death, it's sports. And we all swing and miss. We just said we both didn't think that C- we, we both had doubts about CJ Stroud. I was wrong. I said it. I was wrong about CJ Stroud. He has impressed me so far, and I'm happy to be wrong because I want this team to succeed. I hated the trade on draft night. Now, I don't know which one they would have taken, one versus the other. I don't know how the draft that we just talked about would have played out. But you know what? What's done is done. I hope it works out for the best interest of the Houston Texans to continue to get key players at key positions and get better.
1: couple of uh, texts here. 713-780-3776. 9013. Still may be able to put Brock Bowers with CJ next year. Brock Bowers is a crush of Joe George and I. I love Brock Bowers. You had a chance to see much of Brock Bowers. Tied in from, he is a dude. I would love Brock, from where? Georgia. I oh. would love Brock Bowers in this he, offense. I so salivate good. thinking about yeah, it. Yeah,
3: he's not going to be a big uh, run blocker. He's going to be more almost like a slot wide receiver. It feels like in the NFL, but he's really talented.
2: <laughs> so like, he's, he's more like uh, he's what's really his name? Good. Uh, he's so good Pitts from Atlanta. Uh, yeah. Pitts is weird because like. I think, I think he's Pitts less is athletic.
1: really I, he less athletic than Pitts. Yeah, I think he might. I have to look at their size. Like, how does their size stack? I don't up? think
3: it's that different. But like, I think Bowers. I mean, Bowers is pretty good. Like, he would be. Uh, it'd be weird to take a tight end in the first round. I feel like a lot of people would crush them for it. But he's a really talented player.
1: I don't think that I would. I mean, okay, like we need to know where they're picking, but I, I, I have a draft crush on on Brock Bowers. Now I've had. Questionable draft crushes in the past, like you know the the rest, the racist texture that called us racist. Uh, I did have a draft crush on Will Levis. He slid to the you second did. round, but I also had a draft crush on Jameer Gibbs, and also had a draft crush on Zay Flowers. So let's throw that into the mix too. Maybe I just stink at evaluating quarterbacks.
2: Zero two zero two. Sherry Benson, by the way, you, the racist text was unnecessary. So let's knock it off.
1: Zero two zero two. Dang you, Joe Brennan! <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I laugh at that. Three zero eight eight. I before the season began, I asked y'all, who do y'all thought would be better this season? C.J. Strouder, or Deshaun Watson? Y'all both said Watson. Do you still believe that after two weeks?
2: I do because of the fact that I think that Deshaun's been there, done that, regardless of how much I think he's fallen off from where he once was. So I do believe that for this first season, there's a really good chance that Deshaun is better. Ladies and
0: gentlemen, I've just been we'll handed see how it plays urgent out. news story. Stop what you're doing I'll take Stroud listen. for the record. Astros yeah. yes, win! You're like a full at bat ahead of
2: me. Oh, I'm watching sorry. this
1: on my phone, and Mauricio Dubon just now singled the right field for the victory. Just now happened. Extra
2: innings, or bottom of the night.
1: Bottom, bottom of the night, they walked it off. You know how? You know who sparked it? A Yiner Diaz bloop double down the right field line. Shocker! Yeah. So the Astros come from behind and win. Feels like the biggest win of the year. I'm watching it on my phone. They're they're mobbing Mauricio Dubon. Good because stop making base running blunders. Jordan Alvarez <laughs> leading the charge. Uh, John Singleton just gave a high five. Do you see Michael Dubon. Brantley? I don't anywhere? think this is legal, but I, I should probably stop. Do you doing see Michael this. Brantley it's anywhere? It's not game play by play. It's post game play by play. So I can, okay. Dusty Baker just gave a huge, hum, a big hug to Marisha Dubon. I think that's okay. Chas McCormick was looking over his shoulder, really jealous. Uh, Jose Abreu with a big smile with his five head. Uh, Dave or not David Hensley. Um, Gray Kessinger had a helmet on. He was he was going to bat. He was oh, up next. You know there was two boy. guys left on the bench. Gray Kessinger and Michael Brantley. And Gray Kessinger was going to grab a bat before Michael Brantley. What's that tell you? Earlier, about earlier, John Singleton pinch hit for Martin Maldonado. So when I saw John Singleton pinch hit for Martin Maldonado, no, Michael Brantley. I tweeted out at Jeremy Branham, Uh Michael Brantley's done done. Now that Gray Kessinger was going to bat ahead of Michael Brantley, uh, Michael Brantley's done 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 done.
3: What was your favorite sprinkle, Joe? He's done. These are like chocolate sprinkles, but
2: I mean, he's had a, he had a few sprinkles, but the sprinkles and icing. As much as I was at least able to call him Michael Brantley this season.
1: Can I put a positive spin on this?
2: More for Diaz. Yeah. Can I but put I... a
3: negative spin on? No, no, hold on, on, on
2: this? real quick. Yes. Let's have
1: this conversation first. Do you would you rather have Yiner or Michael Brantley in the lineup every day? Yiner. Yiner. This it's it's impossible to keep
2: him out of the lineup now. Well, because, and the only reason I say that more, but it, if, if Brantley's done, doing, if, if Brantley, like if Brantley was healthy enough to play every day, then you could see a discussion where a professional hitter could really come in handy in the playoffs, but even still, I'd I mean, say, it's just, like, say I, I, say I mean, Yiner. it's like a starter. Yeah. It's a starter. Yeah.
1: Like, I think, I mean, it's, I'd rather have Yiner in the, in the box than, than Brantley. If I, you know, 10 bats, 10 bats, you have Yiner, 10 bats, Brantley. Who
2: are you picking? Yiner. I'm picking Yiner. I might, man. In a in in a in a regular season game or playoff game,
1: playoffs. Let's go playoffs because I think you're on the fence with that one, and I think I it's am, a better
2: conversation. I, yeah, I think Brantley. If it means you know, I'm not taking anything. Again, I'm not taking away from Yiner, but Michael Brantley's a professional hitter that's been a 300 hitter for basically the majority of his career. That I would trust to get any kind of hit that I needed. Okay. He's his his strike zone too, and his ability to have an eye at the plate better right now than Yiner's will. Maybe it'll be different in the end of his career, but for right now, I don't think I don't think so.
1: I don't think Yiner's ever going to have a great eye. I think think Yiner's ever going to improve. I mean, he'll improve, but he's never going to be a guy that's like patient at the plate. Like he's going to be a swinger. He's going to be like Vladimir Guerrero. Not saying he's going to have the career of Vladimir Guerrero, but remember Vladimir Guerrero just swung at everything. Yiner Diaz is going to swing at everything. Like that's just who Yiner's going to be. Do I think it'll improve? Like Jose Altuve was a free swinger when he came up, and he improved a lot. Actually, I don't think. That Yiner is going to have. I think Yiner going to get better. He'll get better, obviously, but he's he's always going to be a free swinger. He's never going to shed the label of being a free swinger.
3: But I think it will get much better than what Pena has improved.
1: I don't know, improved. man. Pena's been pretty darn Had good you, with his on base percentage.
3: No, I know, but the, he's still just those. It's those sliders away. It drives me nuts. <laughs> that hasn't, he hasn't been.
2: Have you at seen that how that how the last two is, months? How how he's big really his good. home
1: run numbers have dipped. His home runs have dipped a
3: lot, which is good because, like, maybe sometimes I think that there's been too many guys in Major League Baseball they went that they went too far with the analytics of strikeout or home run, and a lot of guys like Pena, they're not really built like that. And he should get, on, get yeah. on base, man. I he shouldn't try to be a home run a hitter, but you know what he was build. trying to
2: be? He was trying to be Carlos Correa, like a shortstop that had the big bopper bat that could hit the long ball for you. But I think this change has been good for him. The fact that we've seen late in the season multiple hit games and him being able to do some of the things that he like. He's always going to, I don't know, again, this is another, is he always going to struggle with off-speed pitches? He's been much better at it in the last but two months. But that's what I was going like, The last two months he's been better because he's not trying to hit anything out of the park. He's going to double his walk total from a year ago.
1: Like, his on-base percentage is up 30 points, like 35 points. Like, Vane is, is a much better hitter than he was a year ago. He's lost some, he's lost pop. Which like, I'm fine There's no doubt that. about that. I'd rather have Yiner Diaz over Michael Brantley. Like, Michael Brantley's career OPS is 794. Yiner's OPS this year is 861. Like, and I get that Brantley's going to have more contact. Brantley's going to draw more walks. Yiner Diaz is going to hit three-run homers. Like, he's going to hit tanks. He's going he's gonna to change games. Uh, so I think that it is a silver lining if Brantley is done-done, and it looks like Brantley's done-done. Because done. John Singleton got a pinch hit over him today, was not in the lineup yesterday, and Greg Kessinger was going to get a pinch hit over Michael Brantley. I, I fear that Michael Brantley is done-done. Uh, I think that's...
3: That Singleton at-bat is the biggest negative with Huge Brantley. News. I mean, there's been, that there's the been Astros... three in two
1: days. There's yeah. been three in two days. Brantley not in the yeah. lineup yesterday. Actually, four. Brantley not in the lineup yesterday. Dusty saying that he's sore. And then today, John Singleton over Brantley pinch hitting. And then again, Greg Kessinger was, was I think he was in the hole. No, he's on deck. He was on deck and Michael Brantley was sitting over there in his little warm-up jacket on the bench.
2: He's done We done. had our concerns when he missed the, the the two games in a row. Now, it's glaring. It's I don't think you... I think you're spot on, and I don't think anyone should be counting on Uncle Mike. And I also,
1: I, like, after his first few at bats, I was like, hey, if he signs a real club friendly deal, bring him back on a year. Nope, nope. This is the straw that breaks the camel back. Like, it's done. It's done. Michael Ramsey. He'll Dear be employed Santa. by Where the Astros for the rest of this contract, and that's it. And that's it. And I, maybe, look, maybe he'll come back. Maybe he'll come back this year. Maybe he can be your pinch hitter off the bench. I hope that's the case. That'd be great. But Yiner Diaz is my DH because I know he can't be my catcher. So, Yiner Diaz, you're my permanent DH from this point going forward. If Brantley comes back, okay, well, Yiner's going to catch Hunter Brown, J.P. France, and then that's how Michael Brantley will DH play left field. Not
2: Not Santa owes us all an apology right now. Apologize, not Santa. Yeah, because we've seen enough of those tweets every time Brantley does anything. Yeah, seven. But uh, thanks for following Uh,
1: 713-780-3776 Astros rally Astros salvage a game in the series. The Astros will still be in first place at the end of today with just nine games left to play. Is this the biggest win of the season for the Houston Astros? It has to be, right? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. I was I was struggling a little bit earlier in the broadcast in the show, and I thought I was going to be sipping on my gentle bin tonight with uh, with tears in my bourbon. No, not tonight. Now I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it even more. I'm going to enjoy my gentle bin. I enjoy it every night. But I enjoy it a little bit more on certain days, and today is one of those days. I've been telling you for a while now that Gentle Bin is the best, and that's the truth. It all starts with the finest ingredients, classic, time-honored distilling methods. Gentle Bin uses their innovative process that removes the harshness that's found in most spirits. The result is unparalleled smoothness and an enjoyable drinking experience. You get all of the flavor and none of the burn. Gentle Bin offers the vodka, the gin, the straight bourbon whiskey, and cast-strength bourbon as well. All are fantastic. All are in my rotation. Look for Gentle Ben at the liquor store, whichever one you go to, whatever's on the way home. Pick up a bottle today. Next time you head to dinner or you go to your favorite bar, ask for Gentle Ben. If you're looking for plans, head to the Gentle Ben Tasting Room. Also, head to gentlebin.com right now. If you're looking for where Gentle Ben is carried, go find it at gentlebin.com. You can search where it's at. Also, if you don't want to go to the liquor store, have Gentle Ben delivered right to your doorstep. Now, for the first time ever, you can order Gentle Ben straight from the website, gentlebin ben.com gentle ben smoothest
0: honest time to get back to sports school with the killer bees Joel blank and jeremy brennan live from the veritex community bank studios on espn 97.5
1: a lot of people are coming into our defense saying you guys aren't racist. Look, like, appreciate it. We, you know, we don't need the uh, the support on that, but we, we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Now, this one I like. We got a bunch of them, but this is the one I'm going to read because it's funny. Zero two six six. There's no way you two are racist. I've helped both of y'all with AT and T products, and y'all are one of the greatest people in Houston. What about um, me? It's a bit. Well, he didn't help you or she. Said so y'all are one of the greatest people in Houston. I don't know who it is. I don't either. Do you have you? Do you have AT and T products? Uh huh. I do too. Yeah. Uh I don't know how he would have helped both of us though, because we live on complete opposite sides. I of used town. to live in
2: in Midtown though.
1: Yeah, but I, but I even mean, still, yeah, your on, place. Yeah. I go up yeah, in up north, north side. So I don't know how he helped both of us. But hey, 0266, appreciate the, help, appreciate the love. Yeah. Appreciate the love. Maybe maybe he's a uh who's the uh the spokesperson for AT and T. What what's her AT and T name? Like Molly or whatever. Oh
2: oh oh oh. AJ Hoffman had a crush on her, um, which was completely weird to me at all times. Um oh what's her name I don't know but whatever maybe he's kind of
1: like her where he just like you know moves all across the city like he's a he's a uh a roving a t and t customer specialist that's what i 'm gonna go with uh, key from l a he, he loves to get his shots and I, I, I kind of like that. Uh, Key from L.A., it's officially over with y'all celebrating moral victories in September versus the Orioles. Here Here's the thing. It's not a moral victory. It's an actual victory, the first one in this series, and you're going to hang it on the left. You're going to put it in the win column, and because the Astros win today, it means you're guaranteed to stay in first place.
2: Keith, you know what moral victories are? Moral victories are the Dodgers winning 100 games in the regular season only to crap the bed and not clean it up in the playoffs until they go home with a tear in their eye and there will be in their hand, hoping that next year's better and they do the same thing again. Enjoy being the Utah Jazz in the playoffs until further notice. Thank you. AT&T dude just said his name is
1: Zach. He said he helped you on Twitter, and he said he helped me in spring. There you go. I appreciate you, Zach. Thanks for everything that you do. Can you hook me up with a little free free DirecTV? I think that they split, actually, DirecTV and AT&T.
2: Oh, that was one. I remember now I had an issue with DirecTV – one time I was going getting nowhere, and he did help me. I do remember. Did you ever have
1: the scrambler? Whenever you are younger, where it, like scrambled up things, and you could watch free pay per view. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now you just do like the fire stick or whatever, but yeah. you used to have like the scrambler. And like, those were the days. Do you remember a huge help.
2: The, you're talking about the cards, right?
1: Yeah, like either the cards or there was actually like the box. There was like a different box you could. Oh, I had, too. The, I, cards, I had I the cards. I remember the cards. We had card. the box in college. You had the box. Yeah. You can do them now with like fire sticks. I did it like how long is the statute of limitations on this by 5 years. If i going did it like 6 years ago i literally um, stream
3: the bears game every week and it, come it, at
1: me it, it didn't it stopped working like after 2 or 3 months like it, it probably you had to get another one it's better to do the reddit thing like honestly that's how i watch that's how i used to watch all my ufc fights is that i would you know somebody some me i knew a guy like
2: i mean i know a guy that i that you guys know too that used to be really great about those <laughs> fire sticks that used to come in handy but those cards his cards are could, good. In the DirecTV ones, you just slide that different access card, and those didn't last more than a couple of months either, but they were golden. A437.
1: I personally think about 3% of you is not racist, Brad. <laughs> I appreciate you listen on a consistent basis. All right, Astros with a big victory. Uh, 3039, if Peña wants to be like Correa with homers, yikes. Correa never had big home run numbers. He just hit big homers in big moments. Uh, that's Dusty in Mont-Bellevue. That's, that's true. Now,
2: got 10 bombs this year as opposed to 20-some last year. Correa was always supposed to be like a big bopper, like a 30-home run guy, and he quite frankly never lived up to I'm it. I'm talking about Peña. Peña. Yeah, Peña had, had 22 last yeah, year. And he's got 10 now.
1: Yeah, but but he's talking about like if Pena is aspiring to be Correa's pop home run numbers, then that's not a great spot to be because Correa never really lived up to that home run hype. Zero uh, nine nine seven. How much longer do we have to watch Jose Abreu do nothing in the five spot in the lineup? Play Yiner every day at first base is probably his long term position. Either way, don't care about the salary. He needs to find a nice spot on the bench and stay there. I hear you. I hear you, 0997. I've been not saying for happen. all of summer that if uh, that if Yiner Diaz was not going to be your permanent catcher because of Martin Maldonado, they needed to be your permanent first baseman. I'm with you. I'm with you. Preaching to the choir. Dusty's not going to let it happen. Nope. But maybe because of this Michael Brantley, new injury, soreness, whatever the case is, who knows how long he's, he's going to be gone, maybe forever. Yanners has to be in there every day. It
2: could be a blessing in disguise in that you get him playoff experience if you make the playoffs. You get him experience down the stretch. You get him playing more every day, and you set him up for the rest of his future. That'd be great. Uh, but it, the same way, I think we're both ha- firm believers. Javier's your number three because Dusty's not taking Javier out of the three spot in the rotation. The same way that you, you think, you, those things that you think of, Bray, you ain't going anywhere in the playoffs if you're Dusty Baker.
1: This text says you have to have a good eye if you're hitting 280 uh, as a rookie. Yiner's like close to 290 now. Yeah, he is. But his on-base percentage is 309. Yiner has 11 walks on the entire season in 359 plate appearances. Now, that doesn't include today's game. I know he got hit by a pitch, but he didn't walk. Yiner doesn't, like, he. he I'm not going to say he has a bad eye. He just doesn't draw walks. He's got great. You know bat to ball skills he's got really good contact in terms of like working counts getting ahead three one drawing walks he's never going to be that nope. guy and because he's such a good contact hitter he's quite frankly not going to walk a lot because he swings early and counts and he's quite frankly not going to strike out a ton either because
2: again he has really good contact skills and he's got really good power well and also to be the guy that you want him to be and maximize having ducks on the pond and and guys to knock in and and, and to power numbers you don't want him to walk a ton you know, obviously there are times and situations but like to your point, I mean, he's trying to hit the the, the, the ball in the gap or, or crush a ball into the seats, and you're not going to do that when you're getting you know picky on pitches on the edges. Uh, eight four three seven. Chaz did his job
1: moving Diaz to third. Solid at bat. Finally, good uh, base running. Finally, good running by a baseman. Um, yeah, that final winning the, the bottom of the ninth Astros tied it up late in the game. They were trailing one, nothing forever. Uh, they scored in the eighth inning to make it a one run game. Alex Bregman bases loaded one out struck out after he ran his mouth yesterday. Like if you're going to, if you're going to run your mouth yesterday, you probably need to come through in that spot. All would I'm going to say would you deem
2: that as got to execute. In, in, yes. in situation. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, an then, empty, yeah.
1: it's an empty promise by Bregman yesterday. We've got to play hard. And then he strikes out with the base a little one out. Uh, Abreu also struck out. So it goes to the ninth. Ryan Presley came on in the ninth inning. Three up, three down inning. I'm going to go back and see if Ryan Presley was tipping. Maybe he got that figured out. But three right. up, three down inning. Taylor
3: was the guy you were talking about. It was Taylor Travis. Yes. On Twitter, he said he was not. That you're going back he and fixed forth it. on that. They, he, at least the no, guy no, moved. he didn't.
1: We weren't going back and forth. He, Taylor... Taylor tipped me to it. Taylor yeah. found it. I did so, not find that. Yeah,
3: so he found it, and then he is saying on Twitter now that it looks like that Presley we
1: fixed, fixed the issue. Good deal. We saved the Astros. We saved Ryan Presley. Let's talk about, bad, our hard work. Let's talk
3: about bad managing, though. Let's look at the Orioles in the, the bottom of the ninth there. Okay. you got Greg Kessinger. It was, uh, it was hard for me to watch because I yeah.
1: was a little preoccupied. You,
3: you've got Mauricio Dubon up to the plate. Oh. you got Greg at like getting on ready to deck, come to deck. the game. How do you not walk Dubon
1: to face Kessinger?
4: To
3: face Kessinger? Like, that just is that's there bad. was one out. There's one out
1: now. Okay, walk- here's here's I'm the thing though. Dubon
3: 99%. Yeah, of the time. but
1: now you're gonna you're almost guaranteed to face Altuve though,
3: unless now, you get a double play. Yeah,
1: you're almost guaranteed to face Altuve now. No, it'd true. be two outs in Altuve. No, no, so no, what no, gives no,
3: you- no, no, no. Greg Kessinger was batting fourth, was fourth in the lineup, wasn't he?
1: No, DuBon was in the eighth spot because he came on to oh, pitch run right. for Jordan. So the, the Kessinger was was on deck to bat for the pitcher because they burned the DH that's and the right. pitcher took over Maldonado's spot. So I mean what's the better chance of getting out of the inning? There's runner at third, one out, Yanner was at third one out. Is it facing Dubon with a one out, runner at third, and then Gray Kessinger, or is it intentionally walking Dubon and now you have runners at the corners, one out, Kessinger out Tuve? I I think I go with what he did. See, I think I go the other way. I don't want to face out Altuve. I think the, the two lesser hitters there are Dubon and Kessinger. You either get
3: the double, play or you do likely, the double play or you strike out Castinger, and then you've got two outs with Altuve up, and even if he hits it up. Uh, pop fly to right field, like the sack fly is gone because yeah. there's two outs. So, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter because the Astros won, so it's good for the Astros.
1: He's the could, best
2: hitter of the, uh, of the guys you have to choose definitely.
1: from. Yeah, I think I would have done what Hyde did, but I see your point, and I think it's close. And you could also throw in an equation there, okay, well, if Altuve's up two outs, you, you walk him, and you bring up Peña now with the bases loaded. So, I mean, there's that option as well. I don't think it's terrible managing, though. Uh, But then in the ninth inning, Yiner Diaz, a little double down the right field line. Chaz McCormick up next, professional at bat, hits a ground ball to the right side. Yiner moves over to third base. Um, And then after that, it was Jake Myers, huh? What did he do? No, Myers was out of the game. That's when Dubon was in. Dubon yeah. was in that spot. Yordan pinch hit for Myers earlier. Dubon pinch ran for Yordan. So, runner at third base, one out. Dubon, line drive, right field. Astros win the game 2-1. to one. It's got to be, right? It's obvious that this is the biggest win of the year. It has for the to show. be because Absolutely. you know
2: that after giving up a three spot in the first inning, the Rangers came back and and, and got a big win. It looked like the, the paint... We were talking about the writing on the wall being that the Astros might not be in first place tonight. Well, at least because of the fact that they, they aren't going to be... A, you know, out of the first place tonight, and because of who you're playing, and with the rest of the schedule being so hyper important, that's a huge win.
1: Huge win. Nine to play. You're a half game up on the Rangers, and it looks like you're only going to be a half game up on Seattle too, because they lead the Oakland Single A six to three in the bottom of the six. Seattle's doing
2: what, what we didn't. What you couldn't do what the Astros couldn't do. But uh, Seattle ooh.
1: and Texas about to get to, about to get rowdy here. Seven of the last ten against each other.
2: And Lily is the eighteen. Lily. The AT&T. Lily, I couldn't so. remember her
1: name. 713 780 3776. Biggest Astros win of the year. What do you think? Why the Face Wednesday when we return? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. You know the place to be on Saturday? It's TDECU Stadium to watch some college football. Houston Cougars taking on the Sam Houston Bearcats. First matchup between these two teams since 2005. It's the perfect way to kick off your weekend with some family fun. Get a load of this deal. You can get our exclusive family four-pack for an unforgettable experience for you and your family You get four tickets, four hot dogs, four sodas for all just $60. Where can you take a family of four for entertainment – and you for 60 bucks TDECU Stadium on Saturday. Four tickets, four dogs, four sodas, all for just $60. If you don't have a family, all well, individual tickets, $20. bucks. 713 uh, go dot com slash tickets to get your hands on these tickets. Come early, enjoy all the new activities in Cougar Alley in front of TDECU Stadium. It's great. I mean, this is the whole purpose of college football, right? To do a little tailgating. Well, they're going to take care of you at Cougar Alley. They have a huge LED TV screen, so you can watch all the games before Houston kicks off at 6 o'clock. The Bud, Light back, uh, the Bud Light Backyard and get yourself a nice drink and a Coke Fan Fest as well Not, lots of fun to be had there and a ton more there at Cougar Alley you can just walk around the tailgating scene too they'll take care of you, Cougars love you get your tickets today, head over to UHCougars.com slash tickets or call right now at 713-GO-Cougs Houston, Sam Houston, first time since 2005 6 o'clock Saturday at TD ECU Stadium come early, be loud
0: and wear red Anyone can have a hot take on sports. You going to continue to be a bunch of soft, underperforming, tattooed millionaires? But that's not what these guys are about. Joel and Jeremy are real, actual human beings. Guys that have lives, families, and feelings and stuff. So it's WTF Wednesday. WTF, why the phase? Where these guys let you in on their non-sports interests, goals, and dare I say it, dreams. But more than likely, they're going with all of the WTF moments of the past week. It's WTF Wednesday. Why the phase? With the Killer Bees.
1: We'll get back to the Astros at five o'clock when Michael Bourne will be joining us a little bit later. But right now, it's Joe's favorite part of the day, and we always uh, we're always looking out for Joe. We're always Thanks. looking out for for Joe George. <laughs> Always love us uh, some, uh, some some Joe George. This is his favorite segment that we do. I did notice yesterday that Joe, uh, he introduced a new segment on his show. Sounded good yesterday, Joe. What was it uh, Hot Seat Tuesday? A Hot Seat Tuesday. Hot Seat Tuesday. Uh, interesting that you have new segments on your show while not proposing any new segments <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. on our show. This is just, a new segment. Just know that uh, We're starting this is a new, is segment, a on new Monday. segment. Yeah, that was uh, totally your idea. <laughs> Totally your idea. All right, what do we got? Why the face wins it? Why are we making faces today?
3: Uh, so somehow an F-35 fighter jet got
1: lost. I saw that. I that know, was,
2: that really, was really weird. I don't the really understand. The pilot ejected, and it took them how long to find it?
1: Uh, a they, while. Did they find him or the plane?
2: They, they found both. They did find the plane? They found the plane eventually, like a day later. I hadn't, I hadn't
1: heard that. I heard when it was missing. I hadn't heard that they. They were found talking
2: it. like the neighbor said. Well, we heard this really, really, really loud noise at some point, but then I think like a day later they found the plane. It landed in a neighborhood, I think, or like <laughs> in a bunch of trees by a re- residence. So, do we know where it landed?
3: I think outside South Carolina. South Carolina, yep. South Cal South Kalkalaki?
1: That's where it landed. Yep. Wow. What was I mean? Obviously, it was damaged
2: and destroyed and on fire and all these things. I think
3: so, but like I haven't, I haven't seen it. Yeah, the I details didn't see
2: video it, but... or any kind of like aerials of where it landed or anything. I just know that they were reporting this is... that it landed.
1: So what happened to the plane? Why did he have to eject himself? It was like what was happening? Did we know? No one
3: knows yet. They haven't said. The. Uh, it sounds like it might have been hacked.
1: The plane was hacked, possibly. And this is a, this is a military plane. Yep. And who's That's hacking this? Like like. Anonymous or China,
3: Russia, anonymous—that's that's
1: grounds for war. <laughs> Seems not great. How do you lose a plane? Well, I mean, if it was hacked and they were going to crash it, that's hell.
3: Yeah, I know, but still, it's a fighter jet. Like, you feel like it wouldn't be that hard to
1: see. I mean, did they lose it? They just—it was just missing for a day. They I mean, you lost it for a day. It.
2: So the their USA Today's that's headline is "Missing F thirty five Fighter Jet Crash Site Found," but many are questioning the remains as if it's a cover up
1: it could be. Mm-hmm. But what were they, so the plane, well, because just what
2: you just said, you don't want that out there.
1: Maybe, maybe somebody hacked it and then they stole the plane. Like they got it to go all the way across the, the, you know, the earth to wherever this person stole it. Listen to this conspiracy. Mm. I feel like I'm Alex Jones right now. Um,
2: You'd be sued for a lot of money.
1: Did you, remember the Malaysian airline plane? Yeah. I watched the documentary. They, they, that. I watched yep. the documentary on that too. So they good. still haven't found that one, right? No, nope, They like, just found pieces. They found pieces that some people think might've been Hollywooded as well. Like, this isn't, this isn't uh, stacking up here. This is not what it would look like. These these wing flaps aren't the wing flaps that were on that plane. I have no idea, man. I have no idea. It's weird. It's scary. If I think too much about it, I need to drink a lot of Gentle Ben.
3: Uh, Deshaun Watson. Nice segue. Yeah, you, you hear, by the way, by the way,
2: it was missing for more than 24 hours. And they said that after the pilot ejected, Initially they were saying it was left on autopilot when he ejected. Well if he,
1: if it, so it got hacked if it got hacked they would have put it on autopilot to yeah. fly it wherever they wanted. He you got to bail cuz you don't want to go you don't know you where don't, it's going. Yeah, I mean if it if it if it got taken out of your control and <laughs> hacked and they're flying it wherever he like it's to go. like it's flight simulator then he needs to save his life.
2: It's not a good look either when the base asks for public help and tried to find out where the yeah, plane landed. Yeah, they put out a landed. hotline. This is that's crazy, man.
3: Uh Watson is being accused of having a burner account. Uh, It's at Gainesville's own. No, brother. It's pretty. It looks pretty legit. I've
1: been accused of having a burner account before. There's plenty
3: of sports
2: media people to have the Kevin Durant burner.
3: Yeah, I guess. There's plenty of people in this city who have burner accounts. For real, I'm convinced. Huh? There's a couple.
2: I think he's right.
1: There's a couple. That you know
2: for sure.
3: There's one. I'm pretty confident. He's pretty close to some of them. I'm way too
1: lazy to have a burner. Me too. Like I'm way too lazy. I'm trying to get exposure on Twitter so they can pay me seven dollars and twenty two cents every month. You guys like, gonna
3: pay for Twitter if he makes it all charged? Uh, I hope not. I hope he doesn't
1: it's do expensive that. expensive
2: right there. I feel like I'm gonna have to go write to threads. I hope he doesn't do this. We can expense that, right, PD? Nope. Assistant PD. I, Why can't. We expense that
3: because that, that's a lot of expenses. Well, but, I, I but bought you, the
2: blue check mark. I bought it. Did you
1: really? Yeah, because if you don't buy the blue check mark, they won't pay you for impressions, and uh, they don't,
3: and you can't use TweetDeck, which is like that. me yeah. is the one that there's a lot of good features
1: most. for the blue check mark. Like you can, you can, yeah, there uh, is. You have folders in your bookmarks. It's really nice, actually, for like a radio host. And I'm, I'm actually making more money than I'm paying, so it's kind of worked its way out. Not cool. much, like a couple cents. Maybe I can buy a coffee because I never, never get me a card. coffee. And I win bets. I owe you a
2: coffee, Joel. I yes, know. you do. I know.
1: How you owe you? both of us a coffee. Oh yeah, yeah. This new time slot's not. True, like totally conducive. Man, I've been coffee. drinking.
3: I agree with that. I've been drinking coffee before the shows. So I, I feel like I regret it. Uh, yeah, three out of every five days. Every so we, night,
2: I, <laughs> I, I just couldn't do it. By ten o'clock, I'd be wide open. Going, why can I not sleep? Well, yeah, oh, I know why. because I, I had a coffee before the show.
1: I don't get. Uh, I, I can sleep with coffee, like right before bed. Mm. I get a little foggy-brained, which I mean, some would say I always do. Corey says that was a that was a, a great meme of the fighter jet on eBay for eighty million dollars. <laughs> so, what is Deshaun doing with this uh, burner?
3: He's just saying how terrible was off Offensive line is no how, how is Deshaun Watson supposed to be, you know, having success? Uh, oh, so once we and people oh. want to try and clown Watson. How anyone's supposed to operate behind that line? This isn't Watson.
1: How is it's, it on it's, Watson? It's someone that, that works for Raffley. David Bolger.
2: It's his girlfriend, or it's someone that works for David Bolger. But Belgetta. who's
1: the most def- like? First off, that girl's loyal. First off, that Very, girl is loyal. You, you I forget kidding. her name, but she's loyal—way loyal than I would ever be. So she's loyal. She's going to defend her man, like Deshaun. Questionable, questionable uh, mental game for Deshaun Watson. I don't think Deshaun Watson's going to Twitter and like being that obvious with likes and stuff like that. And I, I don't think he's going to blame his offensive line like that so publicly, like hidden behind a fake account. I bet you it's his girlfriend.
2: I think it's one of his. I, one, it's his I think girlfriend. it's one of his buddies, or I think it's someone that works for Mulgeta. Because I've I've told you this before about how Daryl Moore used to hire interns to just be bots on Twitter and and respond in positive ways to any negativity about the Rockets. I can see that either an agency has people or I can see that when you get defensive on one of your friends, you go to Twitter and you can do those things. I'm calling calling the girlfriend. I'm calling the girlfriend. I don't think Deshaun. This is the same Instagram Eh. one
1: that stuck with him through all of it. I don't know where she
2: came from. He, yeah, she's an Instagram. But she's stuck
3: with him through everything.
2: She's yeah. very loyal. Yeah, she's uh, very loyal.
3: Uh, last one here. I got. It made me make a face of. Finally, uh, a report has come out from Ross Dellinger. The I love this headline. The Pack Two
1: and the, <laughs> and, the, and the
3: and the Mountain West are talking about a merger. All
1: right. Well, it hasn't happened yet.
3: But with that, it's going to be a two conference relegation model no way. like the Premier League. And they might do relegation in college football That's genius. with this new conference. So, I so love you're in the Pac-12 so
2: unless you're in the bottom of the Pac-12 yes. and then you get demoted? I always great. thought this
3: was the way, like before University of Houston joined the Big 12, it was take the American and take the Big 12 and do the relegation system and smart. have... The University of Cincinnati play the worst team in the Big Twelve. If they win, they move into the Big Twelve. Your bowl games mean something so much. Like this would be so cool if they actually did this throughout college football. And I think it's the best way to handle college football. That
2: is definitely more entertaining than a mid-season NBA tournament.
3: Every game
1: matters. Exactly. Every game matters.
3: You could do this with a twenty-team conference like the Big Ten or the SEC. Two
1: ten-team leagues.
3: You could even do, like, 12 and 8. Like, you can make it – like, that's where you can get rid of the no, big No, I think you
1: go 10. I think you go a top league 10, bottom league 10, and you play nine conference games. So you have a true round robin, and then you demote, what, the bottom three and you promote the top three? Yeah. Perfect. But, we but fixed the, it. We fixed the, college football. The problem
3: with that is how the college football playoff reacts
2: People would it. love that. Uh, they because would react like, well.
3: No, but, like, if, let's say – let's say Wisconsin – is the first time they do this, they put them in the bottom 10. Uh-huh. And then they, they run through the bottom 10. They're still going to be viewed by the College Football Ranking Committee, the AP, as like one of those top teams, but they're playing low-level competition.
1: I don't think you—obviously, you, you don't give those conferences a— you give them one bid. Yeah. You give them one bid, it's their upper league, not their lower league. Their yeah. lower league, you, you go—you're just at large. You're at large now. If you're one of the at large teams, you're in. Like you could be a lower level conference division in the conference, yeah. And if you're just beating up on everybody, I think you have a seat at the table if you qualify as an at large, not an auto bid. I
3: think the team. I think the conferences would need more than one guaranteed spot in the playoffs, though. No, because then Ohio State, like for like Ohio State, Michigan, USC, UCLA, you know, Wisconsin, like they would have the best ten teams, and that would be their entire schedule. Yeah, but you're going to get for in for the with, year. But you're
1: going to get in with three losses. You'll get in with three losses because there's going to be twelve teams. What is there five power conference, four power yeah. conferences? Now so you have eight at larges. Well, there'll probably be seven because you're you're going to throw in one of the you know group yeah. of fives. So there's still enough at larges where you can get in with three wins. Well, you can I, be a ten or eleven seed with yeah. yeah three losses. I mean, yeah, I mean,
3: I, I think like this would be great. Have four four big conferences with so cool. relegation. It would be
2: so cool for this is a saving ball. grace. This in would in be a great idea. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's only gonna it's it's only gonna happen to that one league because. We'll see. I mean, well, no, because like Vanderbilt's not going to give up money and in, in vote for this or like the lower half of the SEC or the lower half of the Big Ten. I don't think that they would ever agree to that. It has to be a conference that is broken down that's merging with another. That's it's, why it's the perfect well, storm for the pac two in the Mountain West Conference.
3: See, where I wonder if you, you could force these teams into it if you go, hey, Vanderbilt, hey, Rutgers. Mm-hmm. You have two choices. Strong arm them, relegation or you're out. Yeah. What are your choices? Like do you want to be in the lower making, you know, version of the Big 10 or the SEC or you just want to be kicked out and be like Oregon State and Washington State and not have a
1: home. Now you would have to uh, you'd have to guarantee them the same amount of money, though. Like, if you're adding the upper division, it needs to be an increase in revenue for that upper division. Yes. And you're guaranteeing the
2: lower division you know the same amount of funds. That'd
1: be great. And I think for other sports, too, basketball, baseball, you just have one big conference. Exactly. You don't need to do the lower and the upper division. Awesome. You know why this I works, this. too,
2: is the fact that because of how sexy those games are going to be and with teams on the fence and everything like that, TV money's going to go up for that. I think so, and ratings, more attention. Cause, yeah, because there'll much be more games interest. And every, yeah, I was going to say, more interest, more meaningful games, and then advertisers are going to flock to it. That That's going to have an impact.
1: I, I mean, really hope that that happens.
3: Every single college football game matters in a way it's never mattered before Yeah. if you did something you like that,
1: You have this. two, four, and six teams in the final week of the and year fighting everyone, for relegation.
3: Everyone would care. I,
1: that, I hope it happens. I really do. 713 The NFL has filed a grievance against the NFL Players Association over allegations that the union told running backs to fake injuries. Unbelievable what's happening right now with running backs in the NFL. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN
2: 92.5. Hey, as a better, you guys demand perfection, and you also want a site that's always going to have your back, and that's what mybookie.ag is because they always deliver for you. NFL, college football, and brand new cash-out systems give you the option to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, You don't have to wait for the rest of it. You can cash out early, place another bet, or you can let it ride and get that chance for that bigger payday. If you join the MyBookie family for an entire season filled with daily odds, boosts, some game, same game parlays, and super contests, you are joining the best in the business. Been in business for over a decade. They're going to be here. They're going to be around as long as you are, and they're going to take care of you and pay out when you win. They're not going to hem and haw and try and keep your money. They're going to be that same steady, reliable site that takes care of you when you want to put some money down. You get on that mybookie.ag bandwagon, and remember, that promo code is always BET975. You can also get no-strings-attached cash bonuses that let you deposit and withdraw quickly. And if you deposit $50 or more, whether you're a new customer or an existing customer, you can get up to $200 in cash extra in your account instantly. More money in your account, more games you can bet on, more chances to win it ain't rocket science, people. It is the facts. Bet your deposit amount once. You're ready to withdraw at any time, and that's your cash in your back pocket thanks to that promo code, BET975. It's like I always tell you, bet anything, anytime, anywhere with the only place I tell you to do it. It's mybookie.ag, and you remember that promo code, BET975.
0: You're back where you belong, in the Veridex Community Bank Studios with the killer bees who won't sting you unless provoked. Here's Joel and Jeremy.
1: It does happen a lot. Uh, before we get to the whole running back NFL, NFLPA grievance thing, which is must-watch television to see how that plays out, courtroom drama, uh, let's go out to the HRP listener line. John wants to get in with the uh, the Astros. John, you're in the hive. What's up, John?
4: Hey, uh, guys. Good show. Real quick question. Um, so me and my buddies were kind of talking about the game today, Astros game today, and we were kind of talking about this, I guess, from yesterday, too. What? How do you quantify – if Citron or Josh Miller are doing a good job. What I mean by that is, you know, we can easily point out if if the offense sucks, well, we know who, to, who who's to blame. It's, a, it's either the players or the, or the play callers, it's not the players, and vice versa on the defensive side of the ball. But I, I think one big glaring thing, obviously, to me, in my opinion, about this team versus last year's pitching team with the same arms is that Brent Strong in there. and So is, does that really make a difference, the position change? And I'm wondering if that – I mean, the coaches change, excuse me, but I'm wondering if that has been the, the issue uh, or, or one of the issues that have helped to make the team so inconsistent this year. And I, I don't know how much chatter about the coaches uh, actually get on the airwaves. I know we hear a lot about Dusty, but just want to figure out if you guys felt or, or how you guys view – uh, Citron as the batting coach and Miller as, as, as the pitching coach. And, and are they, you know, part of the blame to what, what we're seeing? Cause I feel like to your point, JB, uh, you know, if, 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 uh, our closing to the pitches, I, I feel like our coach should should probably pick that up. It seems like yeah. they every bat or every pitch there, they're in the dugout and they're looking at themselves on the iPads or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just not seeing any changes. Appreciate it, Joe. I think
1: think we get the, uh, how much does pitching coach, hitting coach matter, or Cintron Miller doing their jobs?
2: Well, I think a year ago you didn't have uh, the the pitching coach that everybody anoints as the greatest of all time in Brent Strom, and you had a no-hitter in the World Series, and you had pitchers that were pitching their tails off. But I think that you're only as good a coach as your players allow you to be for one thing, So I think that from a Cintron perspective, everybody wants him to fix Abreu. Well, uh, maybe Abreu doesn't want to be fixed or he doesn't want any help fixing it. He doesn't want to be fixed? I mean, by (laughs) by a coach getting into his business. He'd probably rather talk to guys that he's worked with or played with. You know, Altuve talks about how he, he talks to Miggy Whenever he's struggling a little bit, some guys are more coachable than others. I mean Verlander's big on analytics, so Verlander's going to like guys that can do the you know all the breakdown all the numbers and the spin rates and all the different things that he likes to use, and that was the story when he didn't have it with the Mets, and now he's back with it here in Houston. I, I, I think that I've seen a lot of, of Josh Miller's kind of catching some strays lately. But I think that a lot of guys are just breaking down. They've thrown a lot of innings in the case of you know, the fact that you had Garcia with his injury. You had the fact that Javier doesn't look like the same pitcher, and he's thrown a ton in the last couple of years. I'm not going to go so far as to say it on the pitching coaches because I think that you start by talking to your pitchers. I think most pitchers like the fact that the, the, the two guys they have do a good job.
1: The, uh, the Astros have, like, three hitting coaches. They have Cintron, who got ejected yesterday because he's the only one in that dugout that speaks up whenever the players get bad calls. They have Snitker, Snicker, yeah. uh, and there's a third one, too, that's been working with guys, but I, his name escapes me. They also have, like, co-pitching coaches. They have Miller, who makes all of the mound visits and seems to be, like, the head guy, but they also have uh, Murphy, who's in the bullpen, who's kind of the younger guy that you always see in the bullpen. Uh, last year, the Astros had the second best ERA in all of baseball. So do I think the law firm of Miller and Murphy are good? Do I think that they're bad? This year, they aren't having as nearly as good a year as they did last year. But is it because of the coaching, or is it because of all the factors that you mentioned? The fact that they were second last year in team ERA makes me think that Miller and Murphy are pretty good. Uh, quite frankly, I'm not really worried about them. I've seen Miller catching a lot of grief on Twitter, which yeah. I don't think is fair. Uh, quite honestly, and then I, I, I see your point with like a I don't think a is a good example there. Well, but I'm just a talk, yeah. I mean, I, I see your point there. Uh, and to nitpick, like a talked about, hey, he loves working with Centron and all of this stuff. Um so I do think that obviously they they matter and the the hitting coaches a lot of times, too, are like the guys that are leading the changes. Like we've heard about Jake Myers and his leg kick, and that led to a little bit of a surge. Jeremy Pena with a little bit of adjustments. Breggman's a guy All who's year. always tinkering. Like how much of that is his own? How much of that is like Snetker or Cintron? Probably a combination of the both, uh, of the two. So I think it's very, very valuable. I think that the Astros have good hitting coaches and good pitching coaches, though. Uh, the proof is in the pudding. You could say, well, this year they haven't been, but over the course of their careers, they have. Like Cintron's been with the, the Astros is- forever. Murphy and Miller have been in the organization forever. So I believe in the the hitting and pitching coaches that they
2: have. And the other thing is, too, you're only as good as your manager allows you to be because – your manager is going to tell you who he wants to get up in the bullpen. You're me- I can understand on mechanics or tipping pitches. Yeah. That's one thing. But in terms of who you use and when you use them, that's solely on Dusty, and Dusty wants it to be that way. So you can only do so much sometimes, too.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. From a from a game management right. standpoint, for sure. Now, I, I don't think that Dusty medals in their, you know, what they're doing at the plate, their mannerisms, their leg kick, where they're holding their hands. Yeah. Well, I don't think he. I don't think he. Medals
2: in their no, but development,
1: saying, practice, tinkering, but in the game. It in matters. the game. In game. Yeah. yeah in who game, he picks to pitch
2: where is totally dusty. Yeah. And that's the, the pitching coach has no say on that. Now, if I'm a pitching coach and I know that, you know, Presley isn't right or we've seen it in the past with tipping pitches. I'm going to stay up all night watching every piece of video. That's my job. Yeah, 8244 says that
1: Brent Strom was not the pitching coach for the Astros in 22. I don't think we said that he was, but you're no, I right. I think the caller did. Miller and Murphy were the pitching coaches last year. Strom was gone after the 2021 season, and last year, again, they had the second-best ERA with Miller and Murphy. So I like Miller-Murphy. I like Snicker. I like Cintron. Uh, I think it's just kind of a weird year, where you've seen and I think it's injuries mostly and workload, things like that. As far as the tipping pitches things, like I think that they pick up on ninety nine out of one hundred tips, before we never we ever even know that they exist, and oftentimes we never know that they exist. Every now and then, one's going to slip through the cracks, and it just like that's just baseball. Like it's going to happen. Like it's I been think-
2: magnified by the iPads and how much technology is involved to where these guys know and see more than any of us will ever be able to appreciate how much they can pick up on in the dugout and in the video room. Uh, I totally agree with you. I think the same way that there are hitches in a swing that there are, you can see tippy pitch. That's why by the time the post-game press conference happens, in most times, they're already having, they've already watched enough video and pinpointed it to where they can talk about it. And I mean, even Glasnow was doing it with Tampa Bay a year or two in the playoffs too, a year or two back in the playoffs too, going, I was tipping.
1: Yeah, Glasnow is the one that the Astros got pretty good. Remember, Strasburg was doing it early and like fixed it in game. Mm-hmm. So they pick up on they pick up on almost every single one. I, I think that the Astros have good pitching coaches and hitting coaches. Uh, seven and they do matter. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. So this is a weird story from the NFL. Uh, Tom Pelissero covers the National Football League for ESPN. He um, he says, he tweeted this the other day, NFL Network. He tweeted this the other day. The NFL is filing a grievance against the NFLPA over allegations the union advised running backs to, quote, consider feigning or exaggerating injuries to gain leverage in contract talks and seeking an order for the union to seize and desist from such improper conduct. What do you make of this? Are you buying this from the NFL?
2: I don't know they're going to be telling him to do that. I mean, we saw the James Harden fat, suit controversy about you just gain a whole lot of weight and you can do you can do and get whatever you want I don't think anybody's going to benefit because you're you're running back playing for a contract and and unless you have a multi-year deal the fact is is that I don't think that it it does anybody any good if you if you get hurt yeah you get the salary for the rest of the year while you're hurt and you stay healthy but how are you get in your next deal and where's where's the rest of the money coming I think this is much to do about the fact that the running backs are still completely chapped about the fact that the market has switched. They're not getting as much money. They're trying to do whatever they can to try and get it back. Well, I it's think the that...
1: NFL that's filing the lawsuit here towards the Players Association. Right. So because if anybody's think, chapped but,
2: but, here, it's the NFL. Well, but, but, but what I'm saying is that running backs are chapped because the money's not there. So do I think off season when these guys get together for their golf tournaments and whatever, and when agents are talking, do I think whether it's a <laughs> tongue-in-cheek thing or whether there's a conversation to be had? I think there's been conversations. I don't think you're going to ever be able to prove that and get the legalities involved to be able to get something from It's There's got
1: to be a paper trail for sure. Like if, that's the only way you can prove it if there's a paper right, trail. Because yeah. I agree. I hopefully they're not that dumb. Like hopefully it's just the conversation. If, you know, if the golf guys are playing golf or they're trying yeah. to
2: solve some things and they're hanging out with the, the the some of the agents are hanging out. I think there's definitely they con- concocting ways to figure. There this is
1: out. A, there is a level of realness to this. I mean, you're not filing a lawsuit and calling for a cease and desist if the owners don't actually believe it. So like I, I'm not going to say the running backs are doing it. I'm not going to say it was like this concocted plan to do it. You know where but it, the owners absolutely believe that it happened to the point that they're filing a lawsuit to seize and desist of this behavior. So at least the
2: owners yeah. do think it is real. And you know where I think they're pointing the finger? Where? Of all the guys? Indy Nick, Nick Chubb. Indy. I'm just kidding. Indy. I saw someone text that. <laughs> that's the other Jonathan thing too, Taylor.
1: Like, Nick Remember because we wondered if his knee was hurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he and he was like demanding a trade. Is right. he on pup if he doesn't? Yeah, I think it's, that's probably the case study. And then Nick Chubb's like the counterpoint. Like, hey, you might not like the money you're getting, but guarantee the money you can get because you never know when your legs going to get destroyed. All right, Michael Bourne, one of the uh, the greatest Houston Cougar baseball players of all time, a Houston Astro. Uh, Two-time All-Star as well. You see him now on AT&T Sportsnet uh, as well. Michael Bore joins us to talk about the biggest Astro win of the year today. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.